Welcome to your typical Shonen protagonist. He's Kai, I'm Kells, and this week we're talking about Fairy Tale, the Tenro Island arc. First off, Kai, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. It's a new year. It's a it's a new year. It's a new day. Um <laughs> whatever else Michael Bublé said in that song. It's a I'm new feeling year. Good. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah. it's a new arc a fairy tale finally we get back into some exciting development in fairy tale yes i am super hyped that we have long since gone the monotony of kind of the boring arcs honestly no offense to the ration or <laughs> the daphne arc or maximum the arc. Ma- maximum disrespect edelis was all right but yeah, no, full disrespect to the Horatian Seis. Yeah, we've been kind of down bad since the Battle of Fairy Tale. Like, we had the Tower of Heaven and Battle of Fairy Tale back to back. And we got we got kind of hoed after that, you know? But now we got Tinro next to another good two episodes and then another shitty arc and then the Grand Magic Game. So we out here. Yeah, yeah, that's the peril I don't know about yet. But uh, Tinro man tenro was pretty lit yeah a lot happened i'm glad that it was able to break up the monotony like we got we got so much um i feel like it had a good pacing we got a lot of information revealed about our guild members and the things of the guild in the world of fairy tale and just a lot of emotional highs for me happened in this arc um so i guess like we should get into it kind of what a this arc was about like a kind of overview of everything that happened yeah, man. Give me a give me a preface. What's Tenro about? So Tenro is um, it's time for Fairy Tale to hold their annual S class mage mage promotion trial because, as we know, in all anime, especially Shonen, there's tiers and S class missions, Naruto S class curses, in Jujutsu Kaisen X Y Z blah 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 X I S and especially in Yu Hakusho S class ghosts and ghouls and everything, but. A trial for the fairy tale widgets to be promoted to the S class mage, and it selected eight eligible candidates, such as, you know, Gray, Kana, um, Natsu. Those are really the only ones that stick out <laughs> in my mind. <laughs> but I know other people were there. Oh, yeah, Elfman for some reason. Yeah. Uh, um, Lisana. Oh, and Wendy, yeah, Lazada and Wendy, yeah. Basically, everybody who's not an S-Class wizard, but it still has enough screen time to be considered a main character. Wendy so. is not an S, so it was this brand new character. Um, oh, yeah, Mest Kreider, yeah. Um, Mest. Mest, sure, yes, Mest, <laughs> uh, who went and was like, hey, Wendy, give me your power. And we got this whole mystery going on with Mest, because... Uh, yeah, he's not who he says he is, unless he is, but we yeah. don't know that yet. Yeah, so uh, all of these characters go to Tenro, which is the founding island, like the island of Fairy Tales founder, Mavis, and there is a lot of stuff that unfolds, like there's a sudden appearance of mysterious mages and who do all these things and curses, and we find out about members past, and there's a dark guild that shows up and also Kana's past is revealed. There's a lot of things that happen in Tenro and we're going to, we're going to get into it with like kind of an overview of that. Uh, so yeah, basically 
Uh, we arrive at Tenryo with our eight contestants for this arc, and they each pick someone to accompany them. You know, uh, what's its face? I don't know why I said what's its face. Elfman is just so so forgettable to me. I love Elfman, but so forgettable sometimes. Yeah, he chooses his love interest in Evergreen. Evergreen. Yeah, that was yeah. that was a weird pairing, but I can't, I'm 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 here for it, man. Yes, I love that ship. It's like one of my favorite fairy tale ships. And Connor chooses Lucy. Um, when they have a whole secret side mission to kind of find her dad, which is a whole thing. And then Lazana chooses, um, what's his name? From Lisana winds up with um, one who uses the dolls from Lox's guild. Uh, now, no, Lisana winds up with uh, the water girl. Oh, yeah, Juvia, Juvia, yeah, yeah, yeah Juvia, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Lazana chooses Juvia. I forget that the guild is there, like Loxus and whatnot are there to kind of lose. Uh, anyway, yeah, big, uh, big slow and freed team up, but they're they're there because. Yeah, no, we had to have them. Yeah, yeah, and we get not too unhappy, of course. Which well, I was really shocked that he chose happy, but I guess they <laughs> are partners because I'm like, screw happy, like. Yeah, you you got a vendetta about you know against happy that I just do not like understand. Like, I guess the more that I got through the series, the more annoyed I got with him, which doesn't really make sense because he's a comic relief character and he does a good job and he has good moments in future arcs and he had a huge moment in Edelis, so i'm like yeah, i shouldn't yeah. hate you but like I, I mean i don't hate him it's just like out of all the people you could have picked you know this is who you pick oh yeah levy i forgot about levy because levy forget about levy i know she's best girl fun fact about me levy is my best girl in the fairy tale series and i'm not changing that because she is but uh so it, we got it, levy it, it, it depends on the day from you know what I hear, but yes, Levy yeah, is true. pretty great. <laughs> true, true, true. Uh, but we got Levy who chooses Gajil, which again is another pairing that we don't expect because Gajil literally crucified her when they first met. But um, I really but like this dynamic because he's more than made up for it. Is this a ship? Yes, it's the best ship that actually happened. Spoiler alert! So what? Yeah, I had to spoil it. I'm sorry. It's the best ship. It's one of my favorite ships in Shonen. Really? Because it's just you can be it's an just, asshole and still get the girl. What the fuck? <laughs> I wouldn't say about an cur- asshole. Cur- it's cur- covering up, you know, a lot of the development that happens. You know, just, just glossing over it. You know, <laughs> yeah. Eight fifty three, January second. We're gonna mark it so we can come back to this moment when you see the transition and you're like, oh man, I love it. But yeah, no. Uh, he his character development is not done. And his character been like keeps going. That's why I love it. Um, so they're they're a pair, which again is weird. Well, not weird, but it's like it's interesting. Yeah, and her, it is, yeah. And Team Shadow Gear is very much butt hurt by it, which makes me love it even more. <laughs> yeah, that, that happens. And who else we got? We got them. We got Kyle and Lucy. Gray got, and Loki. Oh yeah, forget about that. We got um Gray and Loki, which is so weird because Loki's the spirit. I was kind of upset because I'm like, Gray, like, why do you have Loki? <laughs> like, but, well, because when Loki was still a main member of Fairy Tale, he told Gray he would team up with them. And that happened well before 
Lucy was even in the picture. Because that's one of the crazy things for me. Apparently, we find out that Lucy's only been in the guild for six fucking months. Yeah. How yeah. much shit has happened in the last six months? A lot of stuff has happened. A lot shit. of stuff has happened. And that's my, that's that's speaking of this, this is one of my main issues in Shonen. And I feel like a lot of Japanese writing, they're so afraid to like have big time gaps. Like the whole entirety of One Piece pre time skip happening in a year is asinine because that was <laughs> well, like how many 15 episodes, years. How many episodes happened before the time skip? 502. 502 episodes happened in a year. We, yes. were, we were following fucking almost shit. Like two episodes a, like per in-world day, we, which is not technically how that works. We yeah. just say it's been a year, and, and you're like, oh, no, wow. Don't think too hard. And like not to mention, again, we had the two-year time skip of them training and everything, which, you know, is awesome. I love that. But like then at the same time, you look at My Hero, and you're like, they're still first years. Like, all the stuff they're going through, they're still first years. Like, bruh, yeah. what? So I just, I don't know, man. I just, the timing, I'm just like, can't we just move it along a little bit? Especially when you have adventures like One Piece, shows like Fairy Tale, where it's okay for them to grow. Granted, in Fairy Tale, they do age up and things do happen, but it's not the way I like it. You're going to find out why. Like, you already know, because you kind of watched ahead this little piece. Let me ask you one thing. How, you know, timing is definitely a weird challenge. How do you feel about time skips? I'm thinking Naruto between Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. I'm thinking your time with One Piece. We've got one coming up after Tenro that we'll see with Fairy Tale. But how do you feel about time skips? I like time skips because that's a good way to explain things like Especially the way Shonen does it, because they do, oh, I learned this on that. Like, things that are supposed to take a lot of time to master and really get you to that spot. And having a time skip, I like it. And especially with One Piece, where for a long time, and even still, they refer back to things that happened in that two-year time skip to explain certain things. Which kind of helps you write along, like, plot holes. I don't remember if Bleach had a time skip in between... Um, the so Arankar stuff and where we are now in the Thousand Year Blood War. I think so, we did. Yes, we we end right after high school. I think like graduation or maybe not. But yes, when we move into the Thousand Year Blood War arc, uh, everybody's now into college. Okay, so yeah, like I feel like time skips are good. Like in like realistically, in like real world time, that's way you can like change out the animation and update it. Because I feel like every time skip that happens in Shonen also comes with a jump in quality. Um, at least that's how it was for One Piece. At least that's how it was for Fairy Tale. So, I I don't mind time skips. I enjoy them if they're utilized right. Because I feel like <laughs> some shows, which I can't remember off the top of my head, have like horrible time skips. And I know there's a few that I've experienced that have been really jarring. But I feel like for the most part, they're done really well. Um, I find in Shoujo and Slice of Life, they're not really like time skips, but like sometimes like we'll go back in time for a whole arc, like with Fruits Shit, Baskets. Yeah. There, there's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah. 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 Opposed to, um, Shonen's where there's a lot of like, you know, skipping of time. So I wouldn't say I prefer one over the other. I just say they're utilized different, but I don't, mm -hmm. I don't mind them. How do you feel about, uh, 
uh, time skips. I don't think I've been paying enough attention to really like form an opinion when I, you know, the one that comes to mind for me uh, in my experience is really Naruto to Naruto Shippuden, where there's yeah. been a gap of time in his training. Um, uh, you know, to your point, I think that's a very uh, good use of uh, narrative development where we can say, okay, we're just going to say he sat and uh, one, one that does it for me recently is demon slayer where we don't really have a big a big time skip but we do have like training investment when uh when tanjiro Tanjiro. goes and and trains with uh with the the masked man yeah and gets his sword initially and it's like okay the time passing is him training to cut this fucking rock and that happens in like an episode for us, but that's like two years of dedicated training. Yeah, which and I so, love. Yeah, so so for me, you know, seeing not having to take all two years and fill it up with filler just so I can watch it happen, just having the p- plot continue, the character design change as time has passed narratively, uh, and then get on to whatever happens next. I do appreciate that, you know, storytelling device. I'm also just kind of wary of the change. Yes. Right? Because, okay, we're, we're going to, especially in fairy tale at the end of this arc, well, like seven years has passed, and we don't know what happened. So the not knowing is kind of scary for me. But also, that's the fun of it. What happened? Yeah. You know, that that that's the the hook that drags you along into the next arc to get explanation and to get, uh, you know, the intrigue is the fun part. And what I was going to say for the one that I didn't like, because it just came to me, I didn't like the time skip and attack on Titan. Like, I felt like it wasn't explained well when we just kind of got thrown into oh, it. Oh, shit. Yeah, when MAPPA handed off anime, when, when Wit Studio handed off animation to MAPPA and MAPPA was just like, here's where the fuck we are figure it out (laughs) if you can yeah that was just i didn't like how that was done and i know a lot of people just love attack on titan which will probably put me in like the hot takes forever category because of how i feel about um the whole attack on titan production and just how it happened like but anyway that one was really jarring you have an opinion about the ending i have an opinion about the production timeline dragging down the story quality but yes, we're both in the same boat. <sighs> I feel that. I feel that. Um, but yeah, so uh, back to <laughs> back to fairy tale, um, or the Tenro Island arc being more exclusive. Specific. So yeah, specific. Uh, but we get there um, with all our teams. I think I went over every team. Uh, we show up. We're here, and we're just living our best life, or whatever. I- I love that this is like, because we had talked previously, I love how this is like a teeny tiny um, tuning exams. Yeah. In like the exact way that this functions, right? We get some fights, everything goes according to plan until something else derails it entirely and we're into some other kind of story now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so interesting. Um how is just like how they work tournaments arc in the Shonen's anime is just, like a whole masterclass. I feel like because you never really see it coming, it just kind of be happening. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. 
tournament arcs are a staple, and we have some tournaments that are exactly what they are, and the goal is to win them. And we have some tournaments like this that, like, entirely turn that formula on its head. They hook you with a tournament arc and then hit you with that right hook of, joke's on you, this is, something's gonna come and ruin this, you know. Uh, the only, you know, the only actual tournament arc that comes to mind are Dragon Ball Z and Yu Yu Hakusho Dark Tournament. Naruto in Fairy Tale said, fuck that, and, you know, said, we're gonna catch you with a tournament arc and then uh, use that as, as a diversion. Yeah. Um, now I'm sitting here thinking, like, is there gonna be a freaking tournament arc in Demon Slayer? It better not be, because that'd be so <laughs> fucked up. Um, uh, but maybe. Maybe. So we it, up until things go off the rails, we do have some very nice uh, moments in kind of the tournament fighting. Uh, we have the first task is to choose one of eight kind of cave entrances, and each path has some kind of obstacle, right? Except for one. One of them is just cold sailing, relax. But you either have... Uh, some kind of trap, or you have some kind of battle, or you have some kind of fierce battle, which has one of three S-class mages waiting to fight you. Yes, which are Urza, mm -hmm. Mirror Jane, or Gildart. Um, yeah. Natsu, in his Natsu fashion, figures out which one is the strongest and goes for that one. Well, he, he he sees one of them and he equates it to like, oh, that E's got to stand for Urza, right? So I'm going to go down that one, except it's not Urza he runs into. Yes, he runs into Gildarts, which is very interesting because this is a, the lesson here is very important because it shows, um, it's a lesson in fear because Natsu, his problem is that he's, you know, fearless. He's. Natsu Dragnil, he's a fire dragon slayer. He's the pride of fairy tale XYZ. He's never been in a battle that's too over his head. So he goes and he's like, Yeah, you know, we got this. And he's getting the work from Gildarts. And he's like, I'm not afraid of you. And Gildarts is like, you know, sometimes a little fear is a good thing and kind of flexes his power. And Natsu like has a whole moment. And he's like, oh, crap, you know, I am, I am scared, as you should be, because there's not always going to be someone that you can beat, and Natsu learns that lesson, and it's a vibe, you know, like, and you see that, and you're like, well, damn, like, Natsu finally has a brain for two seconds. Yes, yes, we have to see him grow in understanding fear and weakness, and, like, yeah, the power of friendship. Of course we play into that. But yeah, yeah. And him understanding that is what gets him to pass the test with Guild Arts. Which was kind of like, okay, kind of corny shown in growth. But, you know, it was cool to see. Yeah, and I really like the battle that we have with um, uh, Lucy and... Kana when they go against Freed and Bigzalil because uh -huh. um <laughs> of course that of course you like that one I like that one for many reasons but honestly <laughs> I like it because 
I was sitting there thinking, I was like, there's no way these two are beating Freed and Vizlo because they're like close to S Sage Mages. They're like really strong. So they're part of the Thunder Legion, which was their strongest team in Fairy Tale, despite everybody saying it was other ones. But anyway, so <laughs> uh, we get in this fight and they're trying and they use kind of like the harem jutsu technique that Naruto uses. And uh, Freed kind of gets absorbed by all the women. And he's like, oh, no. And Bixlo like, loses and everything. And, like, there's this whole thing of them all being in bikinis because they're like, oh, Freed's, or Freed is a prude, so there's no way he can deal with this. But you find out at the end that it was Freed and Bixlo letting them win because of, you know, the transgressions that had passed beforehand. And that just really meant a lot, you know, like that. Granted, I know some people would be like, oh, well, that was a cop out. They didn't actually win. But like just the way and what that meant, like that meant a lot to me. Like it really enforces that whole fairy tale is like a family. And sometimes you have to forgive and accept your family. And I just really like Free as a character. I feel like he's very underappreciated in the whole grand scheme of fairy tale. Yes, Bigelow is just kind of there, but <laughs> yes, Free, like, I'm doing whatever, man. <laughs> like <laughs> Free definitely has some some you know personality and character development. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and of course, Natsu crying after Gildard's amazing speech, and um, just Juvia and Urza's fight, which was really funny. <laughs> um, because yes. there was no way. <laughs> um. Like, that was, I feel like that was, I mean, Urza, there was no way anybody's going to beat Gildart. He's the strongest in the guild. Yeah. Um, Urza put the work to him. And then, of course, the, you know, which was sad for Mira Jane, or not Mira Jane, uh, sad for, <sighs> we just picked her back up. I forget her name. Lazana? Lazana, yes. Which is sad for Lazana, because it's like, okay, you just did all this work over in, uh, Edelus arc, and now you are still not good enough. Yeah, I don't even know why she was available for that. I feel like Juvia was more... Like, I feel like the members who came from the other guild couldn't qualify because of XYZ, Ju- but I feel like Juvia. they were... Juvia was the one that was up for S-Class. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I forgot that. Yep. I forgot that. Yep. Um, I still so, wonder why Gajil wasn't, though, because, like, Gajil is as strong as Natsu. Because he just got a cat, but he's not mentally ready. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's also on another. <laughs> yeah, you gotta have your cat for at least like a year, and it's only been six months apparently True. <laughs> since since we've even started this show. Yeah. So yes, he hasn't had enough time with his cat to really S class wizard it up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so which Panther Lily put in the work too, which no, which was Panther fun Lily. throughout this arc. Yeah. Um. But it's sad because Urza just kind of like, you know, dismisses Juvia and Lazana because like she's just that strong. Um, but I, I do also really like the Evergreen and Elfman fight because yes. like you see how strong Mirror Jane is and the fact that they win on like a BS technicality that me and Evergreen are engaged in. Mira Jane's like, what? Yo, man, play play your game. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like, 
she's like, what? And then that's how they distract her. But it's it's really funny because I feel like if anybody else had gone down that route, they were not getting past her. Because we love Mira Jane. She does not get the, you know, the love that she deserves. I also love that Mira Jane just isn't at, like, she's got the power. She doesn't have the stamina. Yeah. Which we really see come into play, right? So she put in a lot of effort during the S-Class uh, trial, but we don't, because the effort she put in, she then doesn't have anything left when we move on to the dark, uh, the dark guild attacking the island. Yeah, Grimard, yeah. Which is interesting because of how things play out later. But, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Um, and of course, I think uh, Wendy and Mess go down the nothing. They get in a trap, I believe. And Gray and Loki, either Gray and Loki or Levy and Gajil went down like the nothing path. I don't remember. Yeah, which Levy one. and Gajil went down nothing because Gajil was mad they didn't get yeah. to fight. Yeah, yeah. So, and then Gray and Loki had traps, and then Wendy and Mess also had traps, which they couldn't get through because. Uh, Gray and Loki fought Mess and Wendy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had to fight. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then everything went to shit. Yeah. So, we get to the next round, and, you know, we see that Mavis's grave has been explained, and Makarov announces the second test with our winning teams. And it's like, yeah, we found find the location of Mavis's grave, the master of fairy tale within six hours. And when that happens, um, this is when we find uh shit is hitting the fan because we see that Zareth has appeared in front of uh Elfman, yes. <laughs> yep. Elfman and Evergreen and there's just a lot of stuff happening. Like, we're starting to see the Dark Guild show up and their whole thing on the tip of the island. And, like, we get kind of a... Kind of a, pre- like, little prelude of who Zarev is and the Black Wizard and how he's yeah. been wandering around. And you just get all these questions, like, how did he even get the Tenro? Like, this is only supposed to be known to fairy tale wizards and... All this, so is someone a fairy tale wizard? If Grimoire Hard knows about this, and yeah, then then a lot happens. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So so just Zareph hanging out on Tenro Island. We find out one that it's Zareph. You know, the black mage who killed all of these people four hundred years ago. You know, mm-hmm. and that just is suddenly the same dude who's like, I don't want to kill nobody. I'm just hanging out on the sidelines. I'm waiting for Natsu Dragneel to murder me. And it's like, what's Natsu got to do with this? It's just like so crazy. Yeah, so many questions. And this is, uh, this is why it gets exciting. This is why this arc is so much more interesting than, you know, in my opinion, the Atlas arc. Oh, right? no, for sure. Because we have so much going on and so much going on that is, relevant to a lot of development of the things and characters we care about yes um you know let's let's go to our first talking point since well let's we still got some other things we gotta um so yeah so this happens and then we find out grimmar heart is here and they start attacking the teams and they're split up and they wonder is this part of that test and the first group that they go after is gajil and levy and we get to see this whole kind of build up to this ship of them together because Gajil 
uh, defending the group, and you see he has this whole flashback. Um, is this when he has the flashback to Makarov saving him? I believe it is. Yeah. When yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, he gets, he gets beat up and then he's like the flashback and then he, he like goes beyond plus ultra, which this flashback hits so hard to me. Cause you see like after the breaking up of, um, Grimoire, not Grimoire Heart, uh, whatever it is. Uh, um, Phantom, Phantom something? Lord, Phantom Lord. Yeah. yeah. Um, we see that our boy, um, has Gajil. Yeah. Gajil. Yeah. Our boy Gajil has, um, we see him on this like mountain of metal kind of being like just by himself and everything. And we see yeah. Makarov climbing up and we get this like speech, which I, I love Makarov delivering the speeches, bro. Like ever since his first time about like when he, preached to Shikamaru back in the first few episodes. <laughs> I was at to say, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, when he was like, being weak is nothing to be ashamed of. Staying weak is. Um, humans are naturally weak. So that whole part, um, actually, no, that was a quote from Fugolion. But it was something about weakness of humans. And this whole part of him reaching out his hand to um, Gashio about not leaving him in the darkness and everything and... You know how he'll never fully forgive him, but he can't leave a child in the dark, and that yeah, just really, yeah. this really hit me because I I love Godzilla. Godzilla's like I hurt your 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 guild, and Makara's like that's something I will never forget. But I can't leave. Yeah, yeah. So so great, and I also love that this is the pile of garbage that Natsu left him knocked out on. Mm-hmm. Like this is right after the fight. You know, like the next morning. It's yeah. just so good. You're right. It's so I, good. I love it. And we got the OST and everything hidden. And then Gajil's like, I'm going to defend, you know, Levy and everybody else. And he's like, um, Levy run. I got this. And he's being like double teamed by these two things and everything. And we see Levy running away. But as she runs away, she draws some iron for him to eat. I just, I love it Yo, so much with her script yes. magic. And you notice how she puts like the heart in the O, like mm-hmm. I I love that. Um, oh, I love it so much. <laughs> then so that fight happens and Gajil breaks his limit and uh, shows how strong Iron is and makes it super sword. It knocks out both of the um, like the chicken and the dog or whatever it is. Um, yes, and that happens and then. Levy returns with Juvia and Urzit in tow. Um, and they announce that's when we find out the Seven Sins of Purgatory is coming and that they're going to fight these dark guilds. And Urza's like, yo, I'm sending out the red flare to let everybody know that it's up and like stuff is happening. So Zarev, also on Tenor Island, he's like, oh, okay. You know, uh, he reveals that. The seven kin are already on the island. Like, they are here. Like, this fight is about to be a whole thing. And Natsu coming into contact with Zeref, his dragon scale scarf turns black. And that's like a sign of the ominous stuff that is happening. And then we see that the seven sins of purgatory descend upon the island. And they, of course, have their matchups. Because in true shonen fashion, that's how we do it. So, we get... uh we get these people showing up when we see a God Eater 
We see great tree magic. We see pain magic. We see Ultir, who was orchestrating uh, Jalal, which we find out a huge revelation from all the way back in Heaven's Tower that Ultir was the one who orchestrated this under her true guild, Hades, or uh, under Hades, her true guild master. Like, there's a lot of things that, like, get said upon. And then Panther Lily seems to be the only one who's questioning, yo, what is going on? Like, who is messed? Like, why are you here? I have no memory of you. And then we see Makarov become gigantic and have this fight with Grimmar Hart, where it's revealed that Hades is the previous master of Fatal. What the fuck? Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yes. So Hades just rolls in. Okay. We see him a couple of times throughout a couple of other arcs, just getting introduced to this guy uh, as like an evil entity that we'll run into uh, as of right now. And we find out that he was the second guild master of fairy tale before Makarov. And he left to go do his own magical shit. And he comes back as this evil doer who's attempting to reach the one magic. And it's like, what the fuck is the one magic? Oh. And then Makarov and Hades like go at each other. What a crazy fight and a crazy reveal. Yeah, it's it's wild. And this is like really when you find a lot of reveals and um things like we find out uh cuz this kind of like affects everyone cuz we even find out the stuff with Lucy and Capricorn and about her mom. So, yeah, that's when we found it out. Yes. Which which that's also crazy. Yes. That you know, we we don't know much about Lucy's mom. And I don't know if we knew she was also, like, a celestial key wizard. Yeah. But, like, to find that out and to find out that, like, she had some of the uh, the Zodiac keys was super cool. This is to, so to see, like, that kind of following in the footsteps was super yeah. interesting. So we find out, like, I just, in rewatching this, someone who watched it the first time, I was really amazed how much the Tenro Island arc is pivotal to the rest of fairy tale because of all the reveals it has. Like we find out about like fire God magic. Like there's other types of slaying magic. So that's the first time we see this. We find out more keys of the celestials. We find out. Um, and then it's like everybody had something, you know, Kana and guild arts, like the big reveal that um, guild arts is Kana's dad. And you know, the fact that Otir was the child of Ur, Grey's mentor, and that Hades is the second guild master. And, like, just so much. Like, the tree guy is really the only person, the tree guy and the fat sumo guy who was the um one who kind of did the, like, enhancing thing. They're really the, and I guess the claw guy, because I forget about him, but they're really the only ones who aren't involved in all this, you know, because there's so much stuff going on. And, like, we find just so much stuff that's happened in this battle of fairy tale or battle of Tenro Island. We see that um, Elfman is able to absorb, like, the monster arm takeover guys, monster arm thing, and that 
people are be able to go beyond their limits and everything in like Utir is out here having time manipulation magic, which is just broken. And like Levy's having a breakdown because things are happening. Like there's so much stuff that's going on. And like it's really interesting because throughout all this, you see Kana is still trying to get to this grave to find Mavis because she doesn't want to accept the test is over. Because yeah, she, the, the the S class like rating means so much. She she's tied her achieving S class wizard to her telling her father that she exists. Yes, and and she just can't let this go to the detriment of of her friends to a certain point. Nobody gets hurt, but it's certainly possible because she put Wendy to sleep to go find like after Wendy solves the mystery. And this is a reason why Wendy is not actually totally Wendy. Excuse me. Um, what's her name? Wendy. You said? Uh, not Wendy. Celestial magic. Oh, Lucy. 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 Yeah. yeah. Lucy's not actually useless. She she can think, and she comes up with the solution of where the uh, grave site is. After she does that, then Kana puts her to sleep and goes to the grave herself. Which is crazy, because like why? Also, the fact that, you know, all the stuff is happening around her. Granted, yes, she doesn't know that, but, like, a lot of stuff is happening. And just trying to figure all this out, and at the same time, we see Lucy um, refusing to run from the fight with Natsu, even though he's telling her to and begging her to, and she's like, no, I won't leave you alone. Loki? Loki? The fight with Loki? Um... With Nicey, Natsu, Lucy, and the Seven Kin of Purgatory guy, like the doll guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. I follow, I follow. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's a lot happening, so. Yes, there is so much shit happening. <laughs> we might have should have done this in two cores, but. uh, Yeah, you know what? Uh, I don't know. There's a bunch of shit happening. People are fighting people. Uh, One of the major fights that comes to mind is Guild Arts versus Gravity Man. Yeah, Blue Note, which is a whole a whole thing because Blue Note thinks he's strong, and then we get the whole reveal that there's always someone like stronger than you, which we know. And that happens. Um, excuse me. And Yeah. Like Blue Note's just talking weird and all that, and he has all this stuff going on. Blue but, Note wants to find the grave. Yeah. And we find out that Kana after making it to the grave and abandoning her friends, still has like a true heart. So the grave gives her one of fairy tales three, like super magics, fairy yes. glitter, which is one of we've already seen fairy law, and this is fairy glitter. And there's a third one that I think we don't see for quite a while. But yeah, she gets fairy glitter, which is so funny um, because of reasons later. But yeah, she gets fairy glitter, and she uses it, and it doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with this fight with Guild Arts and, uh, and Blue Note, she rolls up with the magic and uses fairy glitter, and it's anticlimactic, because it works, it just doesn't do anything to him. It's like, what the fuck? You, how's she gonna get, like, the best power? Or, like, one of the three great powers, and it doesn't do a goddamn thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that happens. Um, and while this is going on, Juvia is fighting uh 
Meldy, which is a whole thing because they get engaged to a battle with the death or with the death or to the death where their lives are connected and Melody's connected with Gray's life on the line of love and hatred. And this is where we see Juvia kind of just um, go off, which I love. It's like one of the best Juvia moments because she gets enraged by the things that Melody says that love isn't real and all these things. And like this whole fight is happening and Gray is like filling it in the distance. And like, it's just really impactful because you see Juvia getting raised by what happens of her making the provocations that Gray is going to die alongside you and everything. But how Juvia kind of handles this fight is because Melody is a kid. Like, she's like, mm-hmm. she's definitely a kid. And throughout this fight, you know, she's having all these like words and everything. And then Gray shows up and saves her and then Juvia's like yo I was saved by Grey so I'm gonna pay it forward and save you too um because she attempts to kill herself which is really dark and Juvia's like no it's not what's gonna happen and I thought that was really cool how there was that parallel with Juvia I don't know if you noticed that like Juvia was Meldy until Grey saved her so we really see that like Grey's her loving Grey has had a positive effect on her and it's not just like obsessive bullcrap it's like actually, and that's what I like about Hiromashima's writing. Like it looks, it comes <laughs> off one way, but then you see, oh, there's actually depth to it. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. That we just, we just, you know, also throw that depth of writing in there with all the fan service. Yeah. He, he's really well-rounded in all of his, he, he checks all the boxes. True. True. And uh, we're going to table that melty moment because that comes back and play with Uter later. Um Yes. Because, uh, holy shit. Because, you know, Ulter and Gray have this whole deal where they were both, you know, trained by Ur's mother, uh, Ur Ulter's mother, Ur, uh, but because of circumstances that Ulter just never fully understood because she was also a science experiment. Yeah, which is fucked like she up. Was, angry at the world and at Ultir for like like leaving her uh, and neglecting her and when she saw yeah it's a whole deal what a great like B plot with uh, Ultir and Grey and the other guy that Grey came up with yeah I agree Uh, uh, fucking Hiromashima can write some relationships he can he can um so at this point, you know, everybody's fighting. Urza's fighting Azuma, who is probably the strongest villain that she's fought in at this point, who's using great tree magic, which is cool. Love seeing tree magic. Shout out to Japan and their fascination with trees. Uh, first Hokage, this guy, Black Clover, you know, everybody. So we don't have a tree user in one. Anyway. Oh, yeah, we do. We just got one. Never mind. Okay. So, so <laughs> um, is everybody's... Uh. <laughs> everybody's like fighting let me see all these battles raging going because this is what fairy tale does it has a lot of battles that happen at the same time which i guess that's just a shonen thing probably so everybody's fighting uh even big slow and free jump back up to go fight rusty rose who has the worst name in fairy tale in my opinion and you get to see blacked out freed again his armor which is 
such a cool vibe. And we see that, yeah, if they were actually trying, Connor and Lucy would be <laughs> grass. Um, but I really love the fight with Azuma because he seems like the only kind of honorable one-ish in the group. And we get the whole kind of BS that we got <laughs> in the fight with Urza, like <laughs> with everybody pushing her forward. I don't know why. Like, I'm a very cheesy slice of life person. But whenever I see those types of things, I'm like, it's so cringe. Um, but she's got it was It was sweet, you know, because fairy tale, the gill is the main character. Yes. So yes. it was sweet. I guess. Yeah. Um, and we get to see ours. This isn't the first time we've seen her clear heart clothing because we saw it in Heavens, the Tower of Heaven, I believe. Or is this the first time that we saw it? No, no. We see this once before. Okay, yeah, yeah. And, um, we also see her seduction armor, which... <laughs> she was like, no, 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 no. Fan service, I, I tell you. Yeah, so <laughs> um, that happens and um, I love this outfit or her clear code armor because it's just pure offense. And this was one of my like I feel like one of the top fights in Fairy Tale was between Urza and Azuma. But a lot of other stuff is going on, so we gotta move it forward. But Azuma loses and he turns into a tree, which don't understand why or how that happens. But yeah, he turns. In. I think he does that to himself actually. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, he dies. Like, like <laughs> this is my one thing with with fairy tale is it's like fairy tale wizards never kill our enemies until like urza just murders this man and he regrows as a goddamn tree like yeah yeah which what i guess are is, the morals of the guild <laughs> i guess it's more so so i know urza for reasons later in the story urza does have like the highest body count or the only body count in fairy tale of murder bro um, makarov's got a Makarov's got to kill a motherfucker, like <laughs> <laughs> because of um things to get brought back from the past, and we see the Urza killed a lot of people, um some unintentionally, like Simon, but still killed him. So that shows up later. She did not kill Simon. Let's in get... her mind she did. In her mind she did. Uh, okay, maybe she killed Simon. <laughs> but um, so anywho, uh, yeah, so. That happens, and she wins that battle, and before he can answer all the questions about what happened, he turns into a tree. So Arza still has these unanswered questions, but she finds out some things about Jalal, and then we fast forward to Ultir, about to kill Juvia, so she's about to spear her or whatever, because Juvia's out of it, and then Grace shows up and it's like, nah, you ain't doing this. And then we get the whole backstory between Orr and that, and Gray uses blood magic. Cause yeah. Um Bruh, that was crazy when he was like, Yeah, blood ice, cause you can't control living things. Yeah. Like, okay, we t we can we taking this to its logical end. Okay. I see you, Mashima. Yeah. And then Ultira using grave or uh, ice magic, that that fucked me up. I was like, yes. no. No, and that being the same ice magic like design as her mother and Grave being like, I never thought I'd see it again, but I guess I shouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and the fact that he was like, "Thank you," I was like, "Damn." Um, that's my favorite B plot in this uh, in this arc. Oh, by far, by it far. goes Con Kana and Gildarts, 
Gray and Ultir, and then whatever happens with uh with Grimoire Hearts. But like all of it's still uh, like a tier above. Yes. Fucking uh, Raytheon says. Oh, of course, of course. Like my favorite thing that actually happens in this arc is coming up uh, right now when we see the goat Loxus return in Bruh. the battle against Grimoire Heart because we've all won our separate battles. And then we're going to go fight Hades, who was an absolute beast. And, like, it seems like he, you know, took out Wendy. But, nah, the goat himself, Loxus, has returned. That was so exciting because, you know, everybody's getting... Everyone's putting in their maximum effort that they have left. And they're still getting the work put to them. So, here comes Loxus out of nowhere to save the day. And it's like, okay, we had enough time from Loxus being a dumb asshole to like learn his lesson, and now he's come to save Fairy Tail as a like an exile. He's come to save Fairy Tail. He's come to save his grandfather. I fuck with this. Yes, I love it so much. And this fight that ensues really just shows how strong Loxus is. And to the point where everybody's like, yo, Loxus wasn't really going all out against us in the Battle of Fairy Tale, which is crazy. Like, as much work as he put in, and then you find out, yeah, he still wasn't going all out. So, and you find out he was doing reflecting and showing up here for this battle. Um, and he's giving Hades the work. And there's also a huge fan theory that Loxus could have defeated Hades, but him not being a part of the guild anymore he feels that a fairy tale wizard should be the one to do it so he gets his powder lock or not to which i like and hate at the same time <laughs> because yeah, i'm not i'm not a big fan of that i'm not a big fan of of lock you know having the opinion that loxus could just save the day like and end the problem right coming yes. to save the day hell yeah glad loxus showed up uh him somehow being strong enough to like ruin things i mean i guess i understand the logic because he does roll in and go toe to toe but like eh. yeah and and we see him give the power his lightning power into natsu where he becomes a lightning fire dragon which is cool because his second element which we see um will be a theme for some of the dragon slayers later that they get second elements to use which is kind of cool um and he gives Hades the work, and then Hades awakens because Hades is just a problem. And through teamwork and everybody else, you know, teaming up, they're able to kind of attack Hades through like their joint effort. And uh. at this point, the cats <laughs> um, help destroy Grimmar Part's power, power source by actually being useful. So, gay, useful. Which, uh, couple of things i love that the power source was his goddamn demon heart yeah uh which was cool that it like blew up the ship and also stopped hades yeah uh, also i love how dumb it is that uh, uh tiger lily finds like a transformable big ass sword so yeah. he gets his sword back i love how dumb that is um and i love the whole vibe especially playing off of uh, edelis the whole, like, we can't combine our powers for one big attack and that just solve the problem. We are much better as individuals, like, teaming up. 
So when we see that whole vibe with every member of Fairy Tale we got on the plate, uh, you know, putting in an individual attack and then like individually helping as a group, like I kind of vibe with that consistency in the theme. No, same for real. Like I really liked everybody kind of went in for it, which was really dope. And so we beat Hades. Everything's good. We're like, yeah, we're going to return. You know, we did it. Shit's crazy. Test postponed. Um, Loxus, or not Loxus, is back. Um, Guild Arts is my father. You know, a lot of stuff happened. Everybody's like, wow, bandaged up. It's crazy, you know? Um, is there a feeling like, yeah, it's not really over. Like hijacking the Grimoire hardship while everybody's leaving. And... Like, we find out through the arrival of Zarif, because when Zarif shows up, the Wicked One summons, or the Wicked One shows up too, which is Acnologia, the world ender. Which is yeah, the- we just got <laughs> dragons back, man. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we find out there is a dragon <laughs> who, <laughs> first of all, Zarif wipes out Grimoire Heart because, you know, let's do that. And then Latir's like, I got to kill myself to repent because I was the one who killed your family, um, Meldy, and Romero-Reddy. Her name changes later, so it fucks me up. Uh, Meredy, so I'm sorry. And she goes and impels herself and is going to kill herself and float to the water. And when that happens, uh, Meldy links with her and saves her and is like, no, you can't do that like you can't um you can't give up you know you have to apologize and live your life and that i love you and i hope that you can find happiness and a lot of stuff happens and we see that um no that's not when or doesn't she remember or a lot happened yeah yeah yeah, so yeah yeah so like uh talking on ulterior's vibe with uh oh um so we get a call back to when Ul sacrificed herself to seal that giant beast that Zarif had made 400 years ago that blew up a town. Ul's final like like super secret sacrifice your tell technique is where you you use your own life force to like freeze something and make unmeltable ice. Yes. So when Ultier fucks up and releases that beast again the unmeltable ice that is also her mother oozes back into like the ocean right so her mom is now a part of the goddamn ocean and and as she you know she experiences to begin with when uh when she falls in the ocean after dealing with um what's his bucket gray yeah and again she feels that same vibe when she uh, you know, stabs herself and jumps overboard. She remembers her mother uh, as her mother saw the world and experiences. And that, yes, that was crazy. That was so wild to me. And I loved it. And, you know, I was like, yeah, go team. So <laughs> at this point, um, Mycroft's still like, you know, screw Loxus and everything. So Urza talks to him and is like, yeah, we couldn't have won this without him. And what are you going to do? And Mycroft's like, screw him. You know, he's banished, blah, blah. And Loxus is like, yeah, no, it's cool. I just showed up 
to, you know, help out. I don't expect anything. And then we have a funny moment where he's like pinching Lazana because he's like, you're not dead? <laughs> because Loxus has been around <laughs> for that whole time, you know? So he's like, wow, is this a ghost or something? And she's like, no, it's really me. Which is interesting because neither of them are there for like the Battle of Fairy Tale. So seeing their unaffected relationship makes me really happy. And of course, yes. the Thunder Legion is like super happy as well. Um, but yeah, no, Ainologia shows up, the harbinger of death, a black dragon, and everybody's like, yo, I thought dragons were done. And everybody's like, yo, we got all these dragon slayers, let's do it. And they go to try and fight him, but nothing, they're not doing anything. And then Ainologia's like, yo, let me show you a true dragon roar. And that is just demolishes everything. And the group is like, yo. We can't do this. We got to run or something. So Makarov turns into a giant and he's been like, I'll hold them off, which is really a crazy feat. When you think when you find out how strong Acnologia is like later on, you're like, yo, this was a crazy feat that was happening, um, even for like a few seconds. So, yes, um, Makarov is holding off Acnologia while everybody runs and then. They come back and they're like, nah, screw this. Like Loxus is like um leading it with the punches and everything. And then Mavis shows up and is like, yo, I'm the ghost of Mavis. Or Mysterious Girl. Um we don't know that she's Mavis yet, my bad. Uh Mysterious yes. Girl shows up and puts her hands together for a prayer and it's like the power of fairy tale. As they all put their hands together and like just kind of prepare for the end. And they managed to create like a crater into like, you know, the power of friendship, which is a real power now, uh, canonically, are able to detour Acnologia um, or withstand Acnologia because Acnologia uses Aurora to eradicate the island. Um, seeing this, uh, he thinks Natsu is dead. Zaref is like, yo, it's over. And everybody reports that everybody on Tenro died. Yeah. Yeah. They just fucking vanish mm -hmm. and that's when we get the kind of cap off at the end yeah and there's that a six seven month year... search that no one found them. yeah yeah six months have passed nobody's found any sign of them and then we jump seven years from tenro island into some new kid staring at the ocean waiting for a new adventure and that's where we end this arc bruh <laughs> yeah so much shit has happened. Yeah, so much stuff has happened. Um, and a lot has happened. Like, let's let's do a quick talk about it. Like, did this arc break the monotony of fairy tale for you? Like, because I know you were. Are you still consider fairy tale mid with this arc? In oh, absolutely. Fairy tale <laughs> for me is absolutely still mid. Okay, um, it's the king of mid, right? I'll give it that. It's the king of mid. Um, this is not being written at the level of its peers, right? This is no Bleach. This is no One Piece. This is no that's uh, for Naruto. Sure. I mean, I'm looking back on Naruto, and I'm I'm <laughs> I'm having to reevaluate myself after Bleach and One Piece gone off like this. Um, well, Naruto has not had a successful comeback because it really hasn't stopped. Yeah, I mean, neither has One Piece, but One, one Piece pe is still one, on top. One Piece. One Piece has made its mark as never stopping. True. You're right. Never. Not ever. We don't right? have to talk about this 
one day. But, but yeah, definitely. We need to talk about the big three and, and how they made themselves unique and how everything else fits in. Um, you know, even as we have newcomers like uh, Demon Slayer or, or Chainsaw Man or uh, the one Kaisen. we... Jujutsu Kaisen, yes, yes. Uh, you know, those are still like modern top tier. Uh, but but for me, fairy tale and everything Hiro Mashima makes, it's very good, but it's not aiming to take that spot of a big three. Hiro Mashima writes fun material, and to a certain point, it doesn't do much that breaks the mold. So in 2014 or 20 like 2019, Fairy Tale was on top, hot fat because, um, it My was like is then what's that? Why? Because what of, else was out there at 2014, 2015? There was a lot actually, um, because you still had uh Naruto going on, you still had One Piece going on, um, not that Fairy Tale was above those per se. But yeah, that's was, what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like, no, like no, king, it wasn't going to be above of, those, but it was king of mid. Yeah, it. I wouldn't even say king of mid. I would say, like in 2014, it was rated as one of the highest, you know, um, manga or not manga, but one of the highest shows out there, and it was also, you know, one of the most popular as well. If you still look up like the, I think Fairy Tale is in like the top 20 popular manga of all time or something like that I was reading or shows like definitely in Shonen. It's fairy tale is like one of the household names. And when people like compare it to like the big juggernauts, I'm not saying the quality. I would say quality is mid, but his impact is not like, I feel like fairy tale had a big impact like storytelling wise. Yeah. I give it to you is mid. And honestly, until the hundred year quest in the last few arcs, I feel like it is, very much so mid, but I feel like the overall story, looking back at it, those moments, of those emotional moments will kind of put it over mid for me. But at the same time, I can see somebody arguing it is mid as well. Because um, I don't think it's as good as Eden Zero. I think Eden Zero is the better story. Like, the Hero Mashima wrote. If I'm being 100% honest. But people won't read Wait. it, because they think it's just very <laughs> Which maybe that's a conversation we need to have as yeah. well. Uh, you know, chasing down Hiromashima's uh, material and like the progress of it. And part of the, the challenge being Mashima brings things over and has cameos and relevant things uh, visual wise from his other content. Right. So yeah. uh, when not Wendy, uh, Lucy has Plue, which is from Rave Master in um uh, Eden Zero, what whatever her name is, not Wendy, not fuck, not Lucy, also has a uh, a happy as a character, right? Yeah. So there, there's some some tie over of material, but the plot is different. The story setting is different. Um. Yeah. You know. Um. Would you? What else would you say is mid? Because I want to figure out where your like mid is. So for me, uh, Inuyasha would be mid. Okay. So mid isn't a bad thing. Um, like, I guess I associate no, mid no. with bad. In my opinion, mid is not bad. But also, you and I are not coming from the place where like a 7.0 rating is going to deter us from oh, experiencing yep. the material, right? 
we're not hung up on the rating you know yeah uh we're gonna watch it whatever you know we we decide to watch and it can not be the greatest production we've ever seen that's not going to necessarily hamper us committing to an experience right if it's just bad well maybe we'll not you know take it all away because there is so much stuff out there but also with that same idea of there being so much stuff out there not everything can be a banger and sometimes that's okay yeah facts for real um so yes in my opinion i don't view mid as a negative statement now what you say like anime you know this is a whole nother we'll have a whole podcast about (laughs) stuff yeah um yeah because i'm curious uh but now back to uh the tenro arc yeah like i feel like this did have it definitely broke the monotony of fairy tale especially with these last two arcs like it did a great job and the information revealed were so crazy because if you think about how much information was put into this arc like kana kana's dad being um guild arts like Acnologia, the dragon, the destroyer, and what all he wiped out, and how Zarev doesn't control him. So, how many forces are left for us to fight in the end of this story? You know, Hades being the second guild master. So, what about the first guild master? You know, what about, um, like, what else has happened? Like, who are the other people evolved around this time? Ultir, you know, being alive and having, being evil, the one who controlled Jalal. You know, a lot of other things were Loxus still being in the story. Because when I was watching it the first time, I thought Loxus had left. Okay, that was the end of Loxus. Like, I didn't expect that we would see him again. Um, and just the emotional moments, man. Loxus returning hit me hard. Guildarch and Kana's embrace. Like, Guildarch really realizing who Kana's mother is. Like, also, Kana's backstory, bruh. Sad AF. Like, <laughs> yes. You- are this little kid on your own going to go meet your dad and you can never get a hold of him and tell them. So you end up joining the guild <laughs> because like you're just there all the time waiting for your dad. That made me so sad, bro. Like, I was okay. Like, so, so this is why Tenro Island is, is so much of a, like breaking up the monotony compared to the other arcs. And I'll compare it to, uh, Edelis that we just came off of. So, in Edelis, right? Because, you know, the guild is the main character, right? Mm-hmm. In Edelis, we take away the guild and we're focused on supposedly the side character that this is revolving around is Mystigan, right? In With Mystigan, up until now, we don't really see anything of him. He's mysterious. We don't get a lot of screen time. We get a little bit of him in the Battle for Fairy Tale where he's putting in the work. But even then, we get a reveal that he's, you know, he looks like Jalal, and that's it, right? So you would assume that the Atlas arc is where we get a lot of Mystigan screen time, and we just don't, right? Mystigan, the main side character for this arc of Atlas, just does not exist right up until the end. In the end, we get a bit of a screen time just because we have to get rid of him as a character, uh, at least for the main uh, story path so far outside of that we get rid of the the main uh the main fairy tale guild that we care about and we implement a mirror guild who's in a different world with like inverse personalities but they've still got mostly the same uh convictions 
But because Fairy Tale is about the guild and the guild doesn't exist in most of Adelis, it just is not as impactful as it could be. I agree. You know, I agree. So when when we get into Tenro Island, it's only about Fairy Tale and the peril that Fairy Tale can get into, right? Because they're just minding their goddamn business. They're going on an adventure to find S-class wizards inside themselves, and trouble comes to them. And it's a lot of trouble, and it's very exciting, and they disappear for seven years, and it's just all about the guild as the main character, and that's what makes this fun, because every moment, Every twist and turn we take is about what's going to happen to the guild. And that's why this is so fun and it breaks up the monotony that we've kind of got into with Raytheon Sace and Edelis and, and so on. I know that it can't all be this, right? It can't all be everything's about plot reveals about the guild. But I'm glad that it, this arc was a lot of that. Yeah, and there's some a lot of bigger reveals happening as well. There's still a lot of good and interesting stuff coming. Um, and yeah, the, I got a lot of questions. I need to get to the answers I have. Yeah, it, huh? yeah. There, there is a lot. I'm not gonna lie to you. There is a lot. Gotta start closing the wiki before I look yes, too far. Close the wiki. Close the wiki. Um, but yeah. So when we get back, uh, we will be like coming back into the seven year time skip. And seeing what happened to the Tenro team, you know, who lived, who died, uh, what's everybody up to, what's going on? Yeah, I am looking, this arc has me excited to continue more fairy tale. I know we're going to be winding up in a filler arc coming time soon, uh, sometime soon, uh, and that of course, as politely put by the wiki, is an anime exclusive yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm curious what that'll look like, but yeah, I want more Fairy Town though, and uh, I'm glad we have it on the docket. Good, good. Um, and you will get more Fairy Tale. It'll be a grandiose time. Excellent. Coming up in the weeks into 2023, at least for quarter one. Uh, Kai, I'm looking forward to next week when we get back to an uh, uh not an older shonen like this, but uh. A shonen, it's about time we get back to. Uh, but we'll get to that next week here on your typical shonen protagonist. You can catch us on your podcast, your stock of Spotify, iTunes, Amazon podcast at your typical shonen protagonist or your TSP. That's URTSP on Twitter. I have stuff too. Yes, you can find me at Static Dreads uh, with a Z on Twitter where conversations will be popping. Hopefully, maybe. Who knows? Yep. Uh, and of course, catch the other product for all your animation needs over on Content Breaker. We'll catch y'all next week for more Your Typical Shonen Protagonist. Yep. Yep.